Hello, and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer's podcast. I'm Dave Anderson, your host for today. Your regular host is out celebrating today, his uh, wonderful wife's uh, birthday. I have with me here today our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and also two very special guests. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Kimberly Suazo. I'm a software developer at Stride. And I'm Avia Wolf, also a software developer at Stride. Awesome. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about mentorship. It's not every company that has a formal mentorship program, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to find a mentor and benefit from that. Do you have a mentor, Dave? I don't right now, actually. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, good thing we're having this podcast. Yeah, man. Please, guys, help me. Uh, So so I I heard you guys are mentor and mentee, right? Yeah, actually, Aviel is one of my mentors. I have more than one. At the oh moment. My gosh, yeah. really? You're yes. so popular. So <laughs> mentor rich. <laughs> mentor rich, yeah. Aviel is my official mentor at Stride, because at Stride we actually have a mentorship program. And my previous mentor left Stride. So I was left without a mentor and I was saying how I would like an, um, another mentor. I was talking about it with Aviel. And Aviel actually volunteered herself to be my mentor. So that worked out perfectly well. I was also thinking that I would like a mentor in a technical area. So I volunteered a fellow Strider to be my mentor on an unofficial capacity. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. You'll have to give me some tips on how to to do that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Basically, if there is any area that you want to grow in, you could use a mentor. (laughs) <laughs> officially or unofficially yeah for sure <laughs> do i have to tell them that they're my mentor <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> so i went to a conference and uh i met several wonderful people there and one of the things that i came out learning from that conference is that you can have several mentors in different areas of your life so you can have a mentor in a professional capacity Mm -hmm. that can help you with professional growth or technical growth but you could also have a mentor outside of work more like a life coach and that kind of blew my mind i never thought about it that way and afterwards when i was looking for when i found myself lacking a mentor I was thinking, hey, I could actually use more than one mentor. I could use one more for professional growth and another uh, focused on my technical growth. Cool. So who's your next mentor? We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. I I think when I find myself in thinking, hey, I want to become better at this, then I can at that point try to find someone else. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Aviel, do you have you ever had a mentor before outside of uh, this this relationship? Or I have a previous company I worked for. I had an official mentor. I had actually three different official mentors during my time there, and then mm-hmm. I've found unofficial mentors depending on the team that I was working with, mostly just by starting to ask someone a lot of questions, figuring out who it was who I'd be working most closely with, who might have more experience than I did, and then pulling them in to to work with me, pair when possible, or just count on them on Slack and ask for their reviews on my pull requests. Nice. Okay. So it started out something maybe more more informal in in some cases and kind of grew into something more official. Yeah. A lot of the time, 
I don't ever tell them that they're mentoring me. It just sort of becomes that arrangement for the duration of time that we work together. The way I went about getting my quote unquote unofficial mentor was just my coworker was already behaving like a mentor and I was struggling with finding observable examples for my performance review. And I asked for help from my coworker and he was very helpful. And in conversation, I was saying the things that I want to work with. I was saying the things that I want to work on to improve. And he was telling me how he could help me. And I just asked him, do you want to be my mentor? <laughs> and he answered yes. <laughs> and that's how I went about getting that mentor. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So like, what are, what are some of the things that you found like most useful in that relationship? Like, like what kind of feedback do you, have you specifically sought? Like maybe some concrete examples. So when I finally get my mentor, I can... <laughs> So, Ask for some feedback. With one of my mentors right now, I am getting, I am being mentored on mentoring, on being a mentor. And I've been able to ask her, as, as I mentor Kimberly and other people, I've been able to ask my mentor how she's mentored the various engineers that she has over the course of her career. And w one of the things I've learned from her is that one, no mentee is the same. Everyone sure. has their own needs and their own ways in which they're going to ask for help and their own ways in which they're going to need help. And the the major constant as a mentor is that you have to listen to them and adapt yourself to how they are, to what they need from you. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I've had a couple of mentee relationships over my time at Stride, and I feel like every single one of them has been kind of different. One, we would just, uh, you know, go out to eat and like chat the other one was like really focused on like technical things and like learning a very specific skill set and it almost felt like a completely different thing altogether something i find very useful is at the beginning of a mentorship relationship to sit down and just sort of set out your expectations both as a mentor and a mentee i find that it's very useful to just put out your needs from the beginning because mm. it sort of shapes that relationship as you go. So as a mentee, I say, oh, these are the areas that I struggle in. Um, these are the areas that I'm looking to improve the most. Um, and uh, can you help me in those areas? So what are you looking to... And I also asked as a mentee to my mentor, like, what are you looking to improve? Because I could, I could also mentor up. You can be a mentor... <laughs> And in your day-to-day -day life, it doesn't have to be an official relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that also helps you because then at some point in the future, if you ever want to mentor someone, then you've already kind of had that kind of a training wheels on experience where it's like a safe space. You trust this person. You've already opened up and told them, these are the things that I am the worst at and I want to get better at. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty challenging. I guess like it, it can be tough though to know exactly what you're good at or what your strengths are at and also communicating that yeah i feel like that's 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 tough too <laughs> that's very difficult and my mentor actually helped me a lot with that um <laughs> one of the most actionable pieces of advice i've ever gotten was from a previous mentor i was uh struggling very much in articulating my strengths when it came time for performance review and I was just also struggling in articulating those strengths to myself in general to uh, feel 
comfortable with my abilities as a developer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've struggled a lot with imposter syndrome. So that was something that was very difficult for me. And one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten was you should document everything that you do. If you start documenting what you do at work, then it is very easy to get observable examples of things that you do well or things that you're actually doing. And Mm. that might seem like a lot, like document everything. That's a little too much, right? But (laughs) so what my mentor said was um, when you encounter a, a problem, or, or an area that you want to work on for yourself, write that down and then write down what you did. Ex- write down specific examples of what you did. Mm-hmm. Or when you encounter something, a pain that you're feeling as a developer in, in a team, you can write that down and then, and then you can document what you did to s- try to solve it. Like if, if you're having, if you're feeling like a strong pain and you can then write down like, hey, maybe I went and talked to my lead and suggested a different retro format. And in the end, what uh, I got was a, a list of things that I actually did instead of me thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? I didn't really do anything, yeah. <laughs> which is just my normal uh, no, train I, of thought. I've totally had that feeling, too, especially if you're working on a really challenging programming problem like sometimes you're in your comfort zone and you can be very productive and you're just like popping off PRs left and right. And you feel like, yes, I've made the correct career choice. But then if you get, (laughs) if you hit a barrier to your understanding or a really challenging domain problem, then you can go for a week without like having some meaningful work to show to your colleagues. But if you do document things like you're saying, then yeah, like there's a lot of things that you do and you can see the pattern of of where you're going with it. And those moments where you do get stuck like that are opportunities to find uh, what I consider a sort of short-term mentor. And for me, that's different than going to someone and just asking them for help, for help and getting an answer from them. If there's going to be this, this feel of mentorship, then they're not just going to give you an answer on how to resolve this problem that you're facing using a new technology or fixing something, but they're going to show you how they reached that solution. And they're going to give you context around that problem as well. So after you've really built up your relationship with your mentor and you're feeling really confident in your abilities and you've gotten to the point where you're mentoring them and mentoring up as much as they're mentoring you, like what, what's the next thing you can do? Like how, how do you become a mentor yourself? I've had it happen in a few different ways. So with Kimberly, I'm new to our company and it was, I think my first week when we were chatting and she told me that her mentor was leaving. And for me, this was an opportunity to get to know someone at the company, to impart knowledge that I had coming in from some other places and to also get insight into this company and how it works, especially because we do have this official mentor structure. So I jumped at the opportunity and Kimberly is wonderful. So it's been great. Oh, thank you. And at other times, it's just been because someone has come and asked for a question, asked a question to me of some sort. And I see an opportunity to give them I guess this goes back to what I was saying before about giving them more than just an answer, but giving them context and and knowledge. And if we're working on a team and working with the with the 
same people day in and day out, there's tons of opportunities for that, especially in environments where you will sit down and pair with someone or sit down in like, you know, meetings with people every day and you see the same people over and over and people normally want to learn and they're happy to share knowledge. I think that's something that I, I love about healthy engineering cultures. So there's never a dearth of opportunities to mentor. It's, it's just about being able to identify them. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. Like, so in a highly collaborative environment, there's a lot of opportunities for like the follow through and like continually checking up and being like, okay, like not just answering the immediate need of how does this class work or what method do I call, but like, you know, following, uh, providing next steps and following through on that. Exactly. Especially if you're, if you're working with junior engineers, a lot of companies don't have an official mentorship program. And I would definitely encourage people who are mid-level or senior engineers to mentor the junior people and to give them extra attention. It's not just useful and valuable for the juniors and for the company because it allows the juniors to level faster, but also for solidifying your own knowledge and being able to explain that to someone else. And often you'll need to do that if you want to take the next step in your career, if you want to talk at conferences, if you want to move into management positions or move into any sort of like leadership advisory architectural role, you need to be able to explain the things that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's funny how through teaching, like I, I feel like there have been things that I have started to learn myself and then I had to teach someone else. And through teaching, I became an expert and it was confusing to me because I was not an expert when I started. But then when you have to explain it to enough people, then it gets really ingrained in you. Yeah. I would never say I'm an expert in something if I haven't taught it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's controversial or not. It's just, it's the way I feel about my own knowledge. Yeah, that's true. And I guess like that's that's a good like level of baseline too. Like if if the number of questions coming in are like higher than the number of questions coming out, then there's at least a relative level of expertise. So you, you mentioned earlier that you are hoping to find a mentor and what is it that makes you want to find someone? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess like it can be pretty easy to get caught up in your head and lose perspective professionally like okay what's really important in this situation it's good to like bounce ideas off of someone else even if it is like in some ways maybe a rubber ducking type thing maybe they never had experience in this particular area and it's really just like a sanity check or something like that like some that that, that can even be really helpful but also just like getting a different perspective uh, someone who has like a different background and experience I think that's that's definitely worthwhile to like kind of collect those different experiences and take advantage of that. That makes sense. Yeah, I think if there's somebody who usually is able to convince you, that's a good candidate for a mentor. I think there are some people who I go to for different areas of my life when I'm unsure of what the right answer is and I go to them partially so that I can talk through the problem and come to my own conclusion, rubber ducking, but also because I know that usually when I go to them, they convince me. They convince me of whatever, whatever the right answer is. It's just like a person you trust. And these people, are they always at your workplace or are they outside of work as well? 
I, I think uh, in all walks of life, in all in all areas of life. Yeah, I think something that people do is that they limit themselves to looking for a mentor or a mentee at work. But you re- you can really expand that. And if you feel that you want a mentor and that isn't, and there you're not in a collaborative environment, you don't have anyone at work that you can look for. There are organizations that that pair you up, or you could go to meetups and try to build those relationships. But if you feel that you have something to offer, then by all means, don't limit yourself to your workplace. And 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 when you meet people, if you see someone that you feel you can offer advice, then then try to help them. Try to help them in that area. But what do you get out of it? You grow. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that Aviel was saying earlier, it's uh, it, it's like Aviel said, or, or Dave said, it's you you become a master by teaching. You also help the tech industry. Yeah. <laughs> the other yeah. thing that I've noticed is that the people in industry who do a lot of mentoring tend to have sort of a following. It's an interesting way of building networks. I've seen people leave a company and go to another company and then all of a sudden they're able to pull a whole lot of people who want to go and work for them because they've been mentoring them for years. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a common thing. Getting like different cadres of people. I feel like in, in life sometimes it feels like there's a lot of obligations and it can be very busy to accept this kind of responsibility. But I do, I do have friends who have mentors that are outside of their job and they, they only meet with them maybe once every six months or once a year. And they really don't have a very close relationship with them. But like they do they do meet and talk pretty in depth. And it seems like there's there's some value in that too, like having kind of different levels of intimacy with, with those mentor relationships too. I've sometimes had it happen that there were interview candidates at a company I was working for and I interviewed them and they didn't end up getting the position, but I would continue to meet with them afterwards and sort of mentor them or give them advice Mm. um, as they move forward in their career. And then occasionally they might reapply and then make it that time. Yeah. And then you get that referral money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I totally feel that. Like there have definitely been some candidates that I've interviewed and I like get really attached and I know that like it's not completely right. It's not a complete fit for the company right now. But it's like your head is in the right place. Like you're 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 thinking the right thoughts. And yeah, that that makes sense. I think I like that idea a lot. So if you're afraid of taking on a mentee, maybe consider taking on somebody who you're only meeting with, you know, maybe once every six months, something low commitment, maybe somebody who you interviewed who you liked. <laughs> And I suppose you could do the same thing in the other direction, right? Like you could have 10 different mentors, all of whom you only meet with once every six months. Might be easier to get some higher ranking mentors who might not have as much time on their calendar. For sure. I think before I ever had a mentor, I had this idea that a mentorship relationship had to look a certain way. We had to meet a certain amount of times. But I think it's important to keep in mind that you set your own cadence with with your mentor and mentee and that's something that you choose that works for both of you and you shouldn't limit yourself because you're thinking ahead of time that you don't have enough time. You can, (laughs) you can set a cadence that works for your schedule. Is there any cases where someone just shouldn't be a mentor regardless of like how skilled or knowledgeable they are? If they 
don't care about the people they're menteeing or the people who are their mentees, which <laughs> I don't mean it as harsh as like, don't care about them as, as people. I just mean, if you're in a place in your life where you don't have the emotional or mental energy to give the proper attention to your mentees. And we just talked about like how we can make it so it's not a huge commitment. But if you're promising things that you can't deliver, then I would take a step back and either reformat the relationship you have with your mentee or maybe step back from mentoring in general because you are creating an expectation and you want to live up to that expectation on both sides. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like that goes back to what Kimberly was saying earlier about like having really good communication and being upfront about what kind of limitations you might have. So let's say you've taken on a mentee now. What do you do in your meeting with them? Do you have a format? Do you have an outline? What do you do? So I, I like to meet regularly with mentees and that allows for a sort of standard format. And uh, this is something I'm, I'm still developing. So I can't say I've really practiced it that much right now. And it's something that I'm also learning from the people who are mentoring me, which includes William. And so I like to ask like a general overview of how they've been in under the topic of mentorship since uh, last time we chatted things that have gone well, things that have not gone well. And in particular, if there are any like issues that want that they want to discuss to kind of have time to go through those things in detail. I like to ask if they have anything they want to vent about. I think that <laughs> it's a very open ended question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I like to do it because I'm there for them in that moment. And venting is something that Oftentimes it's it's hard to find a place to vent because you need to have people who are going to listen to you, who aren't going to be critical about what you're venting about. You need to you need to let something out, and I think that that's something that a mentor can do. So I always like to ask that question at the end of something. I'll want to ask if there's something that I could be doing differently, or just discuss how the the mentoring itself is going. Yeah, or or you could ask like, what can I do to help you as well. As a mentee, I like to prepare for my sessions by thinking, what are areas that I've struggled with since our last session? What are areas I want to grow in at the moment? And then some of the ideas of how I think I could do that, but then also ask my mentor, like, how do you think I could grow in this area? Or what are the things I could do to get better at X? But I don't think there has to be a formal format. Some people really like setting goals, but not everyone does. But generally, every like you have this relationship because you're aiming towards something. So they might be like very concrete, but you have an idea of like where you want to get to and what your mentor can help you doing. So checking in on those as well. All right. Well, it was great having you guys on. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yes, actually, the diversity committee at Stride is beginning an external mentorship program to help increase diversity in the tech industry, but it's really open to anyone. So if you are a developer and you, you're looking for a mentor, reach out. Cool, yeah, <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. A tweet at Stride Dev and someone will uh, point you the right way. How do you spell that? S-T-R-I-D-E-D-V, Stride Dev. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was not ready for the spelling bee moment. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it, though. 
Well, it was wonderful to have you, Kimberly and Avi. It's been lovely. And always wonderful to have you. Yeah, it was great to be here. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcasts. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my host, Michael Nunez, who could not be here today, and myself, Dave Anderson, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole.